Phil is a man who passionately pursues the heart of God and lives with a, a certain radicalness to the way he follows Jesus. And so you think about someone who uh, lives with authenticity, um, but isn't just about talk, but, but living it, uh, Phil's that type of guy. Um, but what I also love about Phil is he has a certain uh, intensity about him at times, um, but he also has this tender, sensitive heart to Jesus. Uh, and come on, like, he just, there's a sensitivity in his heart. And so I'm excited for us to uh, get a little of both of those, because Phil's just going to bring who he is, and we just receive uh, that message and what he brings to us this morning. So I'm going to pray for him and for all of us as we receive, and, and then uh, Phil's going to take it from there. Father, thank you for this man who has followed you uh, faithfully for many years uh, with his heart open wide to you. Uh, he's never been one to hide his heart from you, but to always just open it uh, up to you and, and say, Jesus, I want you to have my heart and I want to live with you. I pray that as he shares that, that it would be fun, that there would be uh, a wind of the spirit blowing in this room. Uh, that his words would be so anointed, um, and that you'd give us grace in how we, in how we receive and how we listen, uh, that you would be the one whispering and speaking in our ears, uh, even as he's speaking. So we thank you so much, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, John. Take it away, Phil. All right. Let me know if you need anything. I'm gonna Water, stay down. you're I'm gonna good. Stay down okay. here, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, great to be with you guys this morning. I'm not, uh, my wife is here as well, my two little twin girls, I don't know if you saw them, Hannah and Ava. You want to raise them up? Yeah, there's one. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! We lovingly call them the master twins. We love them. Hey, so this is CFTS Sunday, uh, Community of Faith Training School, and, and we're here to bless you guys, and it's so fun to be at the river. I am at, I worship week to week at CFCF, I wish I could be here more. But it is so fun when I do get to come. I see a lot of new faces. So, again, yeah, I'm Phil. My wife's in the back. Her name's Leslie. She, her and I, we co-direct uh, the training school together. And I just want to say that the training school is for both churches. It is for CFCF and it's for the river. How many people here at the river have gone through the training school? Y'all, raise your hand. There we go. All right, great. How many, who, who was with my class last year? There we go. Our first year. There we go. I love it. Love to see these guys. How about this year's class? Who's, who's here? This is training school. All you guys stand up. We got to see who is part of the training school this year. Yes. Hey, these guys have given a lot this year. It, it, it's an awesome commitment. It's a year-long commitment saying, God, I want to be trained and discipled. And I want to do that in the midst of community. Jason Torrance, uh, he also did it last year. One of the things that he says, he's, he's like, the training school is where the hungry people are. And that's where I want to be. And that's really, that does define us. We, we are hungry for the things of God. And that's what we do the entire year. Hey, I, but I can endorse it as much as I want, but I actually want to invite up Gemma and Kyle to come up and give a, a short little tip. Hey, who loves these guys and how much they've served you? That's right. So I, I've asked them just to give a short testimony about their time in the training school this year. Take it away. Hello. Um, 
Hi, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I, I went in. Um, it was a pretty last-minute decision for me to do it. Uh, I kind of found out about it and then prayed about it and decided. But So two of the main reasons that I wanted to do uh, the training school was, one, I wanted to um, personally grow just closer to Jesus. Um, and I saw the training school as an awesome opportunity to just grow, like, personally in my faith. Uh, closer to Jesus, and I wanted to be around people who also wanted to, like, the hungry people, like, like what Phil was saying. Um, I just wanted to be where the hungry people were so I could, you know, be encouraged to go deeper, encourage others to go deeper, um, you know, be challenged in that way. So I think for my quick little testament, I think that basically it's just that those have both happened more than I can even, more than I could have imagined. It's just been unbelievable the amount of growth that I've um, seen in myself and have been experienced and I know what I've received I'll just be able to keep going over keep learning from it um, throughout the years and then also this class that just stood up has been like amazing it's so obvious how God has just like put each one of us in it um, each such a each one is such a unique piece um, that's just helped me. It, literally, each one has helped me in a, a different way, like individually grow. So, um, so whether that's like through like group prayers or through um, you know doing outreach together or through worshiping together, like it's just been, it's just been. I don't know. God has just been so good in it, and He's taught me so much, and so continuing to teach me so much. So, cool. Yeah. Amen. I'm Gemma, um, and for those of you who don't normally get to see me kind of in here, I'm connected with the children's ministry here, River Kids, um, so if you're ever looking for me, I'm running around back there. Um, training school has been a long road for me, and that is a super long story, and I only have a little time here, so feel free to grab me at any point, because I love sharing how I got to this point, um, but this year in training school, I have gone deeper than I ever imagined I could in my walk with the Lord. Um, and it's the simple things that we're asked to do in training school that challenge us in the daily that have pushed me further. Um, one example of that is we're asked to do outreach each week and go out and talk to people in the community who may or may not know Jesus and just show them God's love and, and present the Lord to them. And in doing that, my heart has been cultivated more and more for how God feels about people. Um, and there's like no moment where I don't meet somebody new and now I get excited to get to know them deeper and to, like, build relationship with them. And I know that that's just a fraction of what God does when he meets somebody new, when somebody accepts Jesus into their heart, and he's just so excited to get to know them deeply. Then one other way that I have been really changed is with this community. This specific group of people has been knit together in a way that is consistently challenging but loving. So when somebody pushes you that one step further than you've ever been before, they're walking right next to you going, let's do this together. Let's, let's be all in together. Um, and being in a place like that gives you the safety and the security to step out into the unknown and just to get to know God in a more radical and, and more awesome way. So. Awesome. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Well, Gemma and Kyle have been a huge part of our school this year, so we've loved having them with us. Hey, just a few other details. So this is, um, we're signing up people for next year already. Uh, 
And just to give you guys some details about what the school is, it is, again, it's a year long. Uh, it goes from September to basically June, and then in July, we go on an overseas trip somewhere, over, uh, somewhere around the world, usually to join one of our church plants that are around the world. This year, we're actually going to be uh, going over to Germany, and we're going to be part of Engage the Crisis. I'm sure you guys have heard about this over the past few months. We actually have a team from the river. You, you guys are going there this summer, and, and that's what the cake auction today is all about as well. So we're going to be, right after this, it's, it's our annual fundraiser here, saying, hey, we, we want to support our teams that are going overseas. And so we're going to be having these awesome cakes up here. You guys are going to be able to bid on them. It's going to be a blast. So that's coming up, but that is what we're doing. That's kind of the, the run of the school throughout the year. The focuses that we have as a school, there's six of them. I just want to give you these quickly. First one, we're all about intimacy with God and Jesus. We want to teach people how to know God and how to, how to live in the spiritual disciplines. And so we, we want there to be a connection with your heart with God. So that's, we're training that throughout the whole year. We want to have a biblical worldview. That's the second piece. We want to be able to, we want to see the world through the lens of the Bible, not just through the lens of culture. All right, so we're, we're, we read through the Bible. We talk about the Bible all the time. We want a great commission mindset. So we want to learn and know how to evangelize and know how to disciple people, know how to make disciples of people. We want to have a healthy relationships. So we, we want to learn how to relate with one another and how to relate on a team together. We want personal wholeness. We want sin issues to come up and be dealt with and, and actually be gone. And then finally, we want life skills. We're teaching life skills. We're teaching how to budget, how to budget your time, how to manage uh, just finances. So it's an all-encompassing year of training on these things. So if, if what I'm saying is starting to intrigue you at all, we want to talk to you afterwards. Talk to any of our students, talk to myself, talk to my wife afterwards, talk to someone who's done it in the past. The goal for our training schools is that everybody in our church would go through it. We really believe it's such a powerful uh, year to spend uh, going deep in the things of God. And so we hope that you guys consider signing up. All right? Well, hey, I'd like to share a, a short message uh, of encouragement this morning, a short exhortation. Um, one of the things we do every single year in, in the training school is, is we read through the Bible. And, and when I look back on my time in the training school, I, I did it on the North Shore at the harbor in 2009, 2010. Most powerful thing I did, besides all the teachings, all the things that we did, it was reading through the Bible in the entire year and, and kind of getting God's perspective from Genesis to Revelation, what he was thinking about us. And every year that I've read through the Bible since then, I, I've, it's like a new theme sticks out. And so this year's theme that, that, has been, that the Lord's been kind of showing me has been a, kind of a twofold thing. So the first is that God is a God who is drawing, who's calling, who's pulling all peoples and all nations to himself. Do you guys agree with that? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this church and I'm like, amen, it's already happening, right? God is drawing all nations to himself. And the second thing, and it's, and it's very closely related, it kind of goes hand in hand, is that God is inviting us, his church and his people, to actually partner with him in doing that. Do you believe that? So God is drawing people to himself, and then he's saying, hey, would you do it with me? Would you guys join me in this? So those have been the two themes that I've noticed as I've read all through the Bible this year. And today I, I want to focus on a specific passage Genesis 12, 1 through 3, which is commonly called the call of Abram, because I believe that, that this passage is really a launching point for both of these themes throughout the Bible. 
before we actually read, I just want to give a little bit of context for Genesis 12. So Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And I want to, I want to talk very quickly, give a, a brief summary of Genesis 1 through 11. All right, you guys ready for this? I'm, I'm going to blitz. You're about to read this in the fastest way you've ever done it. Okay, ready? So Genesis 1 and 2, it's all about God's creation of the world. He created the world. He, he saw that it was good. And he created man and, and woman. He created Adam and Eve. And he, he created us for a relationship. It's this awesome thing of him saying, hey, will you guys cultivate this garden? Will you guys name the animals? And it even talks about God walking in the garden with them. For me, this is the picture. If you, if you ever want to think about what God had intended for the world, read Genesis 1 and 2. God intended relationship with all people. But the saddest day in history happens, right? Genesis 3, the fall of man. So God says to Abraham, or God says to Adam, he says, do not eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. There's this tree in the garden. He said, don't eat of it. But, but they were tempted. Adam and Eve were tempted. And so they did. And, and they disobedience. They disobeyed what God had said. And so sin entered the world. And God, who is perfectly holy, he cannot be near sin. And so he said, okay, guys, we need, I need to separate myself from you. And so we banished Adam and Eve out of the garden. And this was the beginning of separation with God. And since then, we've seen this spiraling, this, this rampant spiral, downward spiral of sin all throughout the world. Can anybody relate as they see and look around? Our, we see a lot of brokenness in our world today. That is sin that came from that time of disobedience from God. So here we go, Genesis 4, next chapter. We see the first murder. Cain murders Abel, his brother. Genesis 5 is, is this genealogy that goes from Adam all the way to Noah. And, just, and, and basically the world is starting to become populated. Genesis 6 comes, and, and God sees there's wickedness is now rampant. As the, as the nations have been populated, sin and, and wickedness has been populated as well. And, it, and it's amazing. It says, the Lord regretted that he had made humans, and his heart was deeply troubled. So God's looking out, and he's like, what has happened to my creatures? What has happened to these people that I created? But there's this, this glimmer of, of God's grace in this story in, in, in uh, chapter 6. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm going to start over. I'm going to choose a family. And so he chooses Noah, and he says, I'm going to start over with Noah. Let's see if we can do this thing again. And so he sends a flood. And so Genesis 7, 8, and 9 talk about the flood that, that came over the earth and and destroyed all peoples except for Noah. But the problem was is that sin was still in Noah. It wasn't removed. And now Genesis 10 happens, and it's, it's called the, the Table of Nations. And it says that the earth was, was again filled with all the nations from the descendants of Noah. But sin was still a part of everything. And then finally, Genesis 11 is, is the Tower of Babel. And a group, of, a group of men, they gathered together and they said, hey, we want to make a great name for ourselves. We want to build a tower to be equal with God. And God looks down and says, no, this is not going to work. And so he comes and gives all these different languages. And, and basically people can't unite together because of all the different languages. And again, they spread out. So I just took us Genesis 1 to 11, and, and, and I see that God's original intention was amazing, close, dynamic relationship with him. But what happens at the end of Genesis 11 is we see sin is rampant. 
there's all these people all over the world, and they speak all these different languages. So that's the problem. That's the context. And we live in that context today. But I want to jump really quickly to, to Revelation, the, the last book of the Bible. And I'm, in Revelation 7, it says that all peoples, tribes, and nations will be gathered before the throne one day, worshiping Jesus. So here we see, over here, this kind of chaotic explosion of sin around the world, right? But then over here, we see this unified, everybody's together, all languages, tribes, unified in pure relationship with God. So my question is, how do we get from Genesis 11 to, to Revelation 7? How, do we, how does God, he, again, his heart is to draw people to himself. So I, I believe that, that he is taking us to that Revelation 7 ending one day. That we'll be able to worship before the throne. And I'm, I'm going to look at Genesis 12 because I believe, again, this is the key passage that shows us God's intention for bringing people back to himself and how we can play a part in that. All right, so let, let's look at Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It should be up on the slide up here. So enter the main character, Abram. So Abram, again, is, is in, in this sinful world. And we see God again choosing a family. He says, I'm going I'm to start with you again, all right, Abram? And so here it is, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abraham, or Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And, who, and, and you will be a blessing. Sorry, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Guys, here's what I want us to walk away with today. This, this idea that we have been blessed in order to bring blessing to the world. We have been blessed in order to be a blessing to all nations. God has poured out his blessing on us, not just for our own sake, although he cares about us and loves to give us blessing, but it's not just for us. It's to give it away to others. And so that's what I want you to take away today. We have been blessed to be a blessing. So I want to focus on three different promises in this passage. First one is, I will bless you. Okay, so this is, this is God speaking promises to Abram. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. So what does the word blessing even mean? What does the word bless even mean? You know, we, we say it all the time. God bless you. I'll bless you, brother. I'll have a blessed day. God bless this food. You know, we use this word blessing a lot. And, and honestly, I, I think it means many different things. Many different amazing things. It, it, is a, it is an amazing word that I love to use. But, so I, I want to look at this, a couple different things that I see the word blessing actually means. First is, I think it means material provision. God loves to give good gifts to his children. God loves to give us things. He loves to bless us materially. He loves to provide for us what we need. And so I believe, as I look at Abraham's life, that Abraham was provided for abundantly. And so that is a blessing of God, material provision. Secondly, familial prominence. What does that mean? To have children and to have a family, to have descendants. It speaks all throughout the Bible. Children are a blessing of the Lord. It's, it's a blessing to have descendants. So God's blessing is, is to give families and to make families for you. 
Thirdly, it's, it's the favor of God. When God gives us blessing, it's, it's like his favor. It's, it's like he's smiling down on us. That's a beautiful thing to have is the favor of God. His protection. The blessing of God is, is us being protected. It talks many times in the Bible, his, his shield will surround us. His, his wings of protection will cover us. That is a blessing of the Lord. In, in number six, it's, it's the high priestly blessing. It's, it's an, a common benediction at the end of a sermon. And people will say, Lord, bless you and keep you, right? May his face shine upon you. Imagine that, the radiance of God, his face shining upon us. That's a blessing to see God, to know him. As well, it's his presence. A blessing of God is him saying, I am with you. I am your God. You are my people. That's what, he, that's what he told Moses and the Israelites. But so this is we're seeing this as an all-encompassing word. The word blessing is this massive word. But for the purpose of this message, what I want to narrow it in on is, is that I believe blessing is the promise of relationship. I believe that when God says that I will bless you, he's saying, I want relationship with you. Which is really, if you pause and think about it, an amazing thing that the God of the universe would actually say, hey, I want relationship with you. And that's what I see. I see in Abraham's life, right? The narrative of Abraham is Genesis 12 through 25. And all throughout it, I see this, this dynamic relationship, God promising things to Abraham and Abraham trusting, walking in trust of God and what he says. I see this dialogue that happens between Abraham and God. And, and I, I believe that that is what God really did intend for humans. I think, I think God was giving Abraham a glimpse of this is what it was like with Adam in the garden. I'm, I'm taking you, you're tasting what, what relationship was like when, when it was this communication, this loving trust that, that I had with humans that was broken, but he's getting a glimpse of it. And so just to wrap this, this point, I will bless you as God saying, I want relationship with you like it was in the garden like it was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. The second blessing I want to look at is, later on in that verse, it says, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So God is telling Abraham, you're going to be a blessing. And so what does that mean? I believe that the way that Abraham will be a blessing is shown in a promise that God made to Abraham later on in his life. So if we look at, up here on the screen, Genesis twenty two eighteen. This is a promise that God made to Abraham later in his life. And he says this, Abraham, through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Through your offspring. And in other translations, it says through your seed. So basically what this means is, is one of your descendants is going to be the blessing to all the nations. Guys, this was a prophecy of Christ. This was a prophecy of Jesus Christ. God was telling Abraham, Jesus is coming through your descendants one day. And when we look at Christ's life, we see the genealogy in, in Matthew 1. It starts with his father, Abraham. Jesus directly descended from Abraham. And so God is saying, Abraham, through you, you will be a blessing. And that blessing will be Christ. And let me just remind us what the blessing of Christ is, right? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, lived a perfect life, was the greatest teacher, the greatest philosopher of all time, 
His sayings have the most impact on the world of, of all time, more than any other person, teacher, or philosopher. And then Jesus, at the end of his life, God allowed him to be killed in order for him to take the punishment that we all deserve. You know, human beings, we deserve death. We deserve the punishment for our sins. And yet God, for some reason, chose this radical way of saying, instead of you guys dying, I'm going to allow Jesus to die for you. But the crazy thing is, is that Jesus died and was buried, but three days later, right, you guys know this, he was resurrected from the dead. He was the first, it says he was the firstborn of the dead. Basically, he was paving the way for us to be resurrected to God one day. It was, it was a foreshadowing of, of our own resurrection. For those who believe in faith that Jesus has taken our sins, we will be resurrected one day into eternity with God. That's a pretty sweet thing. And so, guys, what, salvation, the blessing of Jesus, is the greatest blessing of all time. There is no greater blessing. You know, all those things I was telling you before, material provision, protection, favor, all that kind of stuff, oh, it's good. But guess what? The best thing ever is the blessing of Christ, salvation, freedom from sin. And, and God was promising Abraham, he was saying, through you, this blessing will come to the earth. And that was in Christ. Amen? Amen. Hey, we are blessed in order to bring a blessing. So again, we are blessed by God. We are given relationship with him in order to bring the world Christ, in order to bring the blessing of Jesus to those who don't know him. We have been blessed in order to be a blessing. Now I want to look at the final point here, okay? In verse 3 it says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Hey, this is where it gets fun. This is where it all changes. This is where we fit into that epic story of God drawing all peoples back to himself. This is where we slot ourselves into history. In between Genesis 11 and Revelation 7, guess what? We're living here in 2016. We are slotting ourselves into history saying, God, what can I do? to bring people back to you? What, how can I live in the purpose that you have for the whole world to, to come into this epic worship setting one day? Right? We, we just, all we are here, we're just inviting people to the most epic worship set ever. Right? This was pretty sweet this morning, right? It's going to be way better when there's literally 16,000 different people, groups, and languages worshiping the Lord before the throne room, united together. That is a beautiful picture. And we get to have, we, are, we have purpose here on earth to actually make sure that that, that throne room is, is populated with all the peoples. Okay? Guys, this is, this is the, the great commission of the Old Testament. Right? We, we commonly think of Matthew 28. It says Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, go into the nations and make disciples of all peoples. Guess what? This is saying the same exact thing in Genesis 12. Go into the, all the world and be a blessing. Bless all nations through you. Amen. And, and here we go. So I, I just want to make one other connection. Unless you think that, you could potentially be thinking, hey, this, this, these promises were for Abraham. These aren't, you know, these might not be for us. They might not necessarily apply directly to us. I want to, I want to make a connection to something that Paul wrote in the book of Galatians. So a connection to the New Testament. Paul's writing the Galatians. And he, say, he says this, understand then that those who have faith 
are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. I want to take two things from this. When I, when I first heard this connection, I was blown away. The gospel, the good news, was announced thousands of years before Jesus actually came. Thousands of years before Jesus came, it was announced to Abraham, and this was it. All nations will be blessed through you. All nations will have relationship with me. All nations will be drawn back to the throne room to worship before me one day. That is amazing. And then, and then it says this. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham. Anybody after Abraham who had faith like he did, who have faith in Jesus, who has faith in this promise that all nations will be blessed, we will all receive the same blessing that Abraham received. So that means that we were promised to be blessed. We're promised relationship with God. We are promised that, that you will be a blessing. So he's, it's God saying to us, you're going to be the blessing to the earth. You're going to bring Christ to the earth. And not just to the earth, not just to Waltham, not just to Massachusetts, New England, America, but to every single nation in the world. You guys will be and bring the blessing of Christ. And so we receive that same blessing and that same mandate and that same purpose in our lives. So now, guys, what do we do? Now what? How do we respond to this? So there might be somebody here who, who is like, what, what is he talking about, the blessing of God? What does he even mean about relationship with God? What does he mean about a dialogue or talking to God or, or feeling a trust relationship with God? I don't even get what that means. I don't even, I've never, I don't even know what you mean when you say that Jesus took my sins. Well, I just want to say, if there is someone here that, that doesn't know Jesus or has not, has not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, has not said, hey, I, I, Jesus, I give you my sins. I, I've done bad things, and, and I cannot save myself. Only you can. If, if that is you, praise the Lord. I want to talk to you afterwards. Come up and speak to me. I don't think I can do it justice just, just kind of going for it up from up here. I want to speak with you and, and share more about what that blessing actually means and how you can receive it. And then secondly, uh, if there is no one there here that, that doesn't know who the blessing of Christ is, or if you have received the blessing of Jesus, I think there's two responses that we can make. One is an individual response, and one is a corporate response. So first, individually. Guys, I want, I want you guys to really think about your life. I want you guys to really look at your life. Look at you in your, your workplace. Look at you with your neighbors. Look at you with your family. Look at you and your faith groups. Look at you in the city of Waltham. How might you be a blessing to this place? How might you be a blessing to this city? How might you be a blessing to your workplace? How might you bring Christ? How might you bring the ultimate blessing of all time to people? In the ways that we have been transformed, are you, are you so blown away by the way that God has changed you that you want other people to receive that same thing, that you want other people to experience the same transformation? And so, guys, this is not a condemnation. This is, a, this is a, an, an exciting invitation into the purpose of God to bring blessing into the world. 
And so every time we think about sharing the gospel, it's, it's not out of a place of obligation. Every time we, sh- we think about sharing the blessing of Christ, it's, it's never about obligation. It is about an opportunity. It's about, it's about God saying, I want to partner with you. Will you join me in populating the throne room one day? Will you do that? Will you see people that you got to share Jesus with there one day? I, I, I bet you will. And that'll be the best day ever. And then secondly, hey, there's, there's a corporate response. I'm so encouraged by our, our church movement. I, I cannot, when, when I first walked into the doors of the harbor in 2009, and, and I experienced uh, the message from up front, and I, and I experienced the worship, and I, and I got the, a glimpse of kind of the purposes of what Antioch was trying to do, I was, I was sold. I never went into another church. I was like, this is my people. This is who I want to be with. Guys, we are a church planting movement. We have 25 churches around America and about 60 church plants around the world. We are saying we want to be a church that does take part in the purposes of God in seeing all nations receive Jesus. You know, I came to a church service in 2009, again, and I did the training school in 2009, 2010. And I was, I was just enamored by what we were doing. I loved it. It was, it was it's so encouraging to me. And I just said, I want this for all peoples. I want other people to be able to experience this. And that's the church planning attitude, right? We say, hey, we want to see this reproduced in this city. We want to see this reproduced in this country, in this people, right? And so that's what we're a part of. And so there is a corporate response as well. As, as the River Church, you guys have an opportunity today to, 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 to thrust out your, your uh, teams that are going to Germany this summer. You guys have an opportunity to, to send forth future church planters. Okay, we have a team from the river that's going. If you are on the river short-term team that's going to Germany this summer, why don't you guys raise your hands? Amen. Yes, let's go. Hey, so we have people from your, you have your own people that you guys are sending out today to go to Germany. So, so you might be like, what's going on in Germany? Well, there, right now there's this massive uh, refugee crisis that's happening. Basically, from the Middle East and North Africa, there's, there's, uh, these, are these war-torn countries. And people are fleeing. They're like, we have to get out of these countries. And so they're fleeing to Europe because Europe has opened its doors saying, hey, we're willing to receive these refugees. And so the, the unique thing about this is that, uh, the unique thing about this is that these are m- mainly Muslim countries that people are fleeing from. So there are Muslims that are, have been living in these very kind of closed countries, not very open to the gospel, but now they're actually leaving those countries, going to Germany and going to Europe, going to different countries in Europe and where it's very open to share the gospel. And so we as a church, the larger Antioch movement has said, guys, how do we respond to this? We ha- this is one of the more unique times in human history that all these people groups that do not know Jesus are actually leaving their countries and coming to a place where we can freely and openly share the gospel with them. How do, we, how do we respond to this? And so our response is saying, hey, we want to send our short-term teams to, to Europe. We're setting up bases that will be there for three months, kind of engaging with different refugee resettlement camps and different, different refugees who are in these countries. We're saying, how do we love these refugees who are in a very dire situation? I couldn't imagine what it would be like for Leslie and myself and my little girls to, to be forced out of America to, to somewhere in Canada, Right? And, and not know, I don't know anybody. I don't know anything. I don't know the language. 
I don't know, you know, it's a totally foreign place. That would be so hard. And so we're saying, hey, we want to go and love on these people in Jesus' name, and we also want to share what's going on.